Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 236. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable, aspiring restaurant owners and professionals out there? You are listening to Restaurant Unstoppable. This is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry, and we have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about email marketing, specifically uh, what people are doing wrong, uh, what you can be doing to maybe just do it a little bit better, and we're also going to share a bunch of resources out there that help you really get the most out of your email marketing uh efforts. So great show. I have uh, one of our authorities on marketing with us today, Bruce Irving from Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Great guy, a great podcast, awesome knowledge. It's going to be a great show. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Here it is. Ready to rock and roll. And with excitement, allow me to welcome back on the show, a good friend of mine, Bruce Irving. Bruce, tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. Totally, Eric. I am so ready to go today. Yes. So Bruce is the founder and host of Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast and is one of our authorities here for the topic of marketing. And today we're going to be discussing uh, email marketing, uh, just a real broad overview of email marketing, why it's important for you to uh, get back on that wagon if you kind of fell off or if you haven't started an email marketing campaign, why you really need to consider it. Uh, What are some of the most common mistakes people are making in the industry and uh, some of our ideas uh, for you to get started and some of the things you can do with your email marketing campaign. We have a ton of resources we're going to share with you today, so uh, be ready to head over to the show notes after this. Uh, Bruce, uh, I just gave the listeners a huge aerial view of who you are. If they haven't listened to one of our past interviews together, why don't you just tell them a little bit about you and what you're doing over at Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast and just uh, your story. Cool, man. So uh, real quick, I've been in the restaurant industry for about 20 years now. Started out in the teens, you know, ran a pizza shop with my brother-in-law, uh, grew that to do over you know a million dollars in sales, and by doing that, we've got tons of questions about how we did it. So, uh, started the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast to kind of share our knowledge or my knowledge and talk with you know successful pizza entrepreneurs as well as marketing experts, pick their brain of what's working in marketing and social media for restaurants and pizzerias, and then that kind of turned into uh, this whole Smart Pizza Marketing Agency where we help restaurants and pizzerias learn how to use social media uh, to grow their business. Awesome. And uh, it's a great podcast. I've listened to not all of them, but a good amount of them. You have tons of awesome advice, Bruce. And uh, I can't wait to dive into to today's topic of email marketing. But before we do that, like always, it's a tradition here at Restaurant Unstoppable to get that inspirational, motivational ball rolling. Uh, so what do you have for us today? So I always, use, I always say the same quote, and it's really directed towards me because I wanted to do this podcast about four years ago. I wanted to start this business, but you know, with having a family and running businesses, it's always hard to do something. So my success quote is, the way to get started is to quit talking about it and actually start doing it. Yes, I love that quote. And I think that's like... It's so true to so much of what we do in life and like little things like making the switch to using Snapchat, for example, um, is something that I'm struggling with because I just I feel like I'm so spread out as is. But, you know, these little things, the industry is moving forward. The world is moving forward. And it's just a matter of starting things, just doing it. And it's taking that risk. And before you realize it, um, it's not going to be hard. I mean, yeah, life is so short when you really look back at it. 
And you don't have that much time to execute on your ideas. And everybody has ideas. You know, I have ideas every single day. And as an entrepreneur, whether you're a restaurant entrepreneur or a marketing entrepreneur or whatever kind of business owner you are, you have a thousand ideas running through your head. What you got to do is just grab one of them and go with it and then just execute on it. And then when you're done with that, then you can move on to the next one. You know, life's too short to look back 20, 30 years from now and be like, dang, I should have done that. You don't want any regrets. I can't help but think about all those people that see something come out like, oh, I had that idea. That was my idea. But how many people actually do something about their ideas and take that action and have no regrets? I mean, I'm thinking right now, I'm I'm reflecting back when I wanted to start this podcast and I couldn't imagine where I'd be right now, what I'd be doing if I didn't take that, you know, initial start just to get, and (laughs) I don't know about you, Bruce, but when I first started, my shows were like painful. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I always, when someone finds the show now and you know what, Eric, when you have a podcast, you know, people find you from the latest episode and then they kind of go back through your back catalog. And I always tell people when they email me and say, Hey, I like the show or they find me on Snapchat or Instagram or Twitter. I always say, great. Glad you found the show. Stop going back at number 20, the 20 through <laughs> one are horrible. Yeah. And you know, I think we, I spent probably like five or six hours on each show, just editing, trying to get it perfect. And I think the biggest lesson to take away is just start and know that it doesn't have to be perfect when you start, but just starting and showing up every day over time, you'll progress, you'll get better and just have that mentality that you want to show up and be a better version of yourself than you were the day before. And before you know it, uh, things will just start accelerating. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but if, you, also, look back, if yeah. you look back and you look back at what you started a year, two years, three years from now, and you're happy with that number one thing you did, you waited way too long. Yeah. And I think the, the best, you know, to, to apply this to you folks listening at home, if you, you have dreams of opening a restaurant someday, just start by getting a job in the industry. If you're working in the, in an office environment, if you're whatever it is you're doing with your life, if you really want to open a restaurant, if you're truly passionate about it, start by work, just start. And it could be as simple as picking up shifts on the weekend someplace and make sure it's something you really want to do, but get that experience and just make continuous uh, actions or take continuous actions towards that goal. Uh, and before you know it, you'll be there. So great way to start this interview off, dude. I would even take it a step further and say, you know what, if you really want to do a particular restaurant or whatever kind of business you want to do, find out, and I tell my, my children this, whatever you want to do in life, find the best person you know doing it mm. and say, go up to them and say, hey, I will work for you for free. You know, I can't work <laughs> 80 hours a week, but I'll work one, two days a week for you for free. And all you have to do is just teach me what you're doing. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, there aren't many people in this industry that are going to turn away free labor. That's for sure. I was, I was a business owner. And if someone came to me with enthusiasm, really wanted to learn what we know, and they said they'd work for me for free, I wouldn't hesitate. Because yeah. what's the what do you have to lose as the business owner? Nothing. Yeah, I try to, I've done that a handful of times, and every time I tell my dad I'm going to go someplace and work for free, he shakes his head. He can't, he can't figure it out. But I'm yeah. telling you, great things come of it, because it just instantly separates you from other people. And totally. it, it, it will definitely put you in a different light than the, the rest of those people jockeying for uh, you know those same positions you are. So uh, we got to dive into the topic matter for the day. Uh, and I mean, it's it's email marketing. So Bruce, let me ask you, why is email marketing so impactful? I feel like a lot of people when they hear email marketing are like, dude, that's so 1990, you know, early 2000s social media is where it's at. But it's not like, it's still very, uh, you know, important and very significant. And why is that? Uh, when people say that email marketing is so 1990, so is direct mail, but people still mm-hmm. use it. Yeah. Um, but email is different than direct mail. Direct mail is a one-way conversation. You're pushing out your content to somebody who didn't ask for it, first of all. You know, when you get a postcard in the mail, I didn't ask the realtor to send me a postcard. They just sent it to me without me opting in for it. Email is a conversation, a way to build a conversation with somebody and an asset that you own. Generally, you own your email list. 
Um, you pay for a provider, you capture emails, whether it be through online ordering or on your website. And it's something that you can communicate with your customers when you want to, and then have a conversation that way. When it comes to social media, um, you know, you don't own your Facebook fans. Facebook could come decide that, you know, you're not using your account very well and shut you off. And then you have mm-hmm. no way of accessing those people. And also they change the algorithm every other day, it seems. Yeah. So it seems harder and harder without paying to get in front of your audience exactly uh, to do that on social media. And yeah, I mean, the two things that you can either think of when it comes to what you own, your property, the things that you control are your website and your email list, like you said. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's things that like, like Twitter, for example, right now, there's a lot of buzz um, around, you know, with the experts on marketing about Twitter being very obsolete in the future. And think about all the work that some people have done to create that massive Twitter following, right? All those hours they put into it in the matter of a, a year or two could be all just like work for nothing. And how are you going to get all those people that you, got following you to jump on these other platforms email email is how i would say to do it like you like right now like if you're starting to use snapchat which i know you're a huge advocate for uh what's how do you get people to follow you on snapchat what's the you you need to have people first right right you find them by using social media in your email list and Mm -hmm. and communicating with your audience through email and letting them know that you are on that platform Mm -hmm. exactly and don't expect the thing i the mistake i people make with social media is um they look at every platform exactly the same way. You know, people on Snapchat aren't necessarily the same people on Facebook and they aren't the same people on Instagram. So you have to look at each platform and use it in its native way. Yeah. And I mean, some other reasons why, uh, I, I just think it's, you really can't ignore, uh, email marketing is because only 18% of restaurants are currently engaging in email marketing campaigns. So what does that say to me? Well, first, let me ask, what does that say to you that only 18% of restaurants are currently engaging with email marketing campaigns? It tells me that 82% of restaurants are doing a really shitty job of running their business. Yeah, and it also tells me that instantly I can have a slight edge on 82% of the rest of the industry by just doing one more thing that will allow me to engage with my my guests. I mean, that's just a huge opportunity in my eyes. And I get it. You know, business owners, restaurant owners especially are busy. You know, they're they have to make sure the employees show up. They have to make sure their inventory is right. They got to get ready and prep for the day. You know, it's a seven day a week, 18 hour a day job. I get it. I know that it's hard to do. But that being said, it's part of the job. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't not go to work and prep because it's hard and you don't have time. You oh, know, if yeah. you don't have time to do it, you got to find somebody to do it for you. Yeah. Just because you can't see the uh, immediate outcome of what happens with email marketing doesn't mean that it's not important. I mean, we, we prep some food. We instantly see a pile of, you know, chopped carrots or celery or whatever. We see that it's an instant result. But I mean, I'm telling you, there are results to email marketing. And another fun fact, email marketing returns on average $40 for every $1 spent. I mean, that is, you can't turn your eye to that. I mean, do you have any comments on that? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's no denying that email marketing is huge. And if um, it's and it's not that hard to use. Yeah. I think it's pretty, pretty easy to use and figure out. Much more easy to figure out than it is to figure out Facebook advertising with the Power Editor or how to use Instagram or what you should say or do on Snapchat. You know, yep. Building your email list, if you have a, uh, a business that's open already, building your email list isn't very hard. And then communicating with your audience once or twice a week is very simple. Yeah, and I mean... A second to maybe four walls marketing, which is that marketing you do in-house face-to-face with your guests, that one-on-one marketing time and social media marketing. It's by far the most affordable, most successful marketing channel email. I mean, you can't argue it. And uh, like we said, like the, I mean, I think the biggest point to take away is that we discuss is that you own that space. So no matter what happens in social media, no matter what happens in the world of online marketing, like your website, your email list is what you own and how you can transition it and how you can convert people to other platforms you might be on. So uh, very important stuff. 
Yeah, I agree. Just like Eric said, you know, so look at every email address that you have in your database as 40 bucks. Yeah. You know, so how many do you have in there? You know, you should be, your whole focus should be not getting Facebook fans because those don't translate into dollars. You mm-hmm. know, when you go to the grocery store and the lady at the counter says, okay, that's going to be $72. And you say to her, hey, I have 4,700 Facebook fans. And she stares you at the face and says, that's, that'll still be $72, please, sir. Yeah. You know, that, that doesn't necessarily always translate into money. Yeah. And I think the other thing that we need to look at with email marketing is that uh, it's so specific. Uh, I think we were, I was actually, I joined you and Mike Canino last night on the Blab you guys do every mo- Monday night at eight o'clock. If you guys are interested, I'll have links to uh, that. I'll find a way to redirect you to those Blabs are so helpful. But I think Mike said 90% of your emails reach the, the desired market versus 2% with social media. So the other thing that you know, super, you know, powerful about email marketing is that you reach 90% of your target market. Um, and those are your, and I think the, the numbers are crazy, like less than 20% of your, your guests, uh, or 20% of the revenue, wait, how's it 80% of the revenue comes from 20% of your guests. It's that Pareto's principle, the 80, 20 rule. And odds are, uh, those 20% of people who are coming to your restaurant are on your email list. So you have to stay relevant and that's the best right. way to reach them. Uh, and I don't want to make this a whole bashing social media cause I do run a digital agency. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, there's definitely bros to both, but right. as far as impact. Yeah. What I'm saying is, um, a lot of people take the tact of, okay, I'm going to stop doing direct mail to do social media marketing. And you shouldn't do that. You should supplement your direct mail with your social media marketing because just like people on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat have uh, are different types of people, the same people who read your postcard that you send in the mail might not read an email or they might not be on Facebook. So you have to supplement with all this new technology that comes across our plate every day so quickly. You just have to supplement your business and use it to your benefit. Yeah. All right, Bruce. I think we pled our case. I think we've made right. our point that yeah. it's important. Yeah. yeah. And I hope you guys are you know picking up what we're putting down and seeing the light. So uh, let's move on to what we're going to be talking about today, uh, aside from just convincing you that it's totally worth your time, is some of the mistakes that you see people making. So Bruce, what are some of the mistakes that you see people making in regard to email marketing. All right. So I usually come up with five mistakes that I notice people making. And we talked about this in our live show last night all about email marketing over on Blab. Um, mistake number one is they don't capture emails on their website. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go to someone's website, whether it's a restaurant website or a pizzeria website or whatever it is, and they're not, there's no place for their customers to opt into their email. Mm-hmm. And I always get the question of, well, I get emails when they order online. Okay, great. I'm sure that if you're a restaurant, maybe you don't have ordering online. So you're only capturing emails when? When someone uh, signs up for something? It, it, you have to have something on your website and offer them something. So that way when they do go visit your site, maybe they're looking for hours or they're looking for you know your location. There's some kind of offer on there to capture that email address. Yeah, and uh, I – I'm a huge fan, I don't know about you, of Brandon Hall uh, of Next Restaurants, and he talks about this. I did some reading this morning to try to get my knowledge up to your par, Bruce, because you're a smart dude, and I wanted to be able to bring it. But uh, I was reading some of his articles today, and he mentions you should have it at least two spots, two opportunities for your guests to sign up. Uh, So whether it's on the side menu or at the top of the page, like you need at least two spots. And another option is with pop-ups. Do you want to talk at all about the the power of pop-ups and how those are significant? Uh, Yeah, if you go to my website, smartpizzamarketing.com, you'll notice that I have, it's called a welcome gate. And what that is, is when you go to your restaurant or uh, your website, or your restaurant rather, uh, you can have what's called a welcome gate. So the first thing that your 
audience sees is some kind of offer from you. And then they can simply just hit not now or scroll down and uh, move on from that offer. But as they're scrolling down, there's many different types of pop-ups. There's, you know, whether you scroll down to the bottom of the page and an exit pop-up pops up or an exit intent pop-up, which means that if you're, if someone's on your website and they, the, the cursor moves towards the X on the tab bar, uh, the pop-up pops up and then you can write something like, hey, before you go, get this offer. So Now, you can set up a time too. Like if, if a certain amount of time elapses, you also get pop-ups or if you go to more than one page. Are those yes. Other? Okay. You can, you can, there's, a, there's a tool called Sumo Me, which is yes. a free tool you can start with, which is a good one to use. Um, another, and you can start. Another yeah, one too I'm just going to add that I found in researching this was Just Uno. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I've heard of that. Just Uno. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Just Uno and Sumo Me. And you use a tool called Lead Pages. How's that different from um, Sumo Me or Just Uno? Well, Sumo Me is free. Okay. There are paid options, but Sumo Me, you can just use the basic one for free. I use Lead Pages because I use it for. Uh, different kinds of landing pages. Like if you're in the mastermind group or you want social media packages, you can create different pages. What's a landing uh, page? A landing page is say you have an offer and I think everybody should do this. This is how you kind of grow your email list. You have an offer on social media that says, hey, you know what? Get this too large, whatever it is, or these two dishes for $19.99, go here. What you're going to do is redirect them to a landing page, which is a single page form. And it can be a video or a picture describing what that offer is. And it just makes it so there's no distractions. You know, you don't want it mm-hmm. to be uh, them going to your website and have to search around for that offer. It just goes to that one single page. There's the offer, the opt-in. They hit the button. They enter their info. And then it just redirects them back to your website. Got it. Cool. Thank you. for. So that's what lead pages will do for Got you. It. It's, it's just a simple plug and play way to add opt-ins and optimize your page for conversions rather than just kind of having someone code it out for you. Okay, cool. Sorry. I'm doing what I do best and that's derailing my guess. So wherever your last thought was before I derailed you, feel free to pick up. <laughs> that's totally relevant. So, no, you didn't derail me at all. I, could, uh, I don't know where we were, where we would we leave off. I think uh, you said we were talking about landing pages and we made it as far as su- Sumo Me, which is a- Oh yeah. So we, yeah, we were talking about Sumo Me. So that's a free option you can add to your WordPress website. And uh, that'll have the different options, like Eric said, where you can have the exit intent pop up or the scroll pop up or the time page prop up. So if they're on your page for 30, 45 seconds, 60 seconds, you can pick whatever time is good for you. Look at your Google analytics, see what time the bounce rate is. And if people are on your site for usually 30 to 60 seconds, have the pop up coming in there. Got it. All right. All right. So that was, then we're talking about the mistake. That was number one, not having capturing emails on your website. Mm-hmm. Want to hop on to number two now? Yeah, please. All right. So the number two mistake I see is, and I've done this because I've tested people's websites out. I'll go to someone's website. I'll hop on whatever offer they have, or usually it's just says sign up for our newsletter and I'll enter my name and email and then I won't hear anything from them. And I almost, I'll almost forget that I signed up for the email till three months later when they decide or they remember that they had an email list, they send out an email. And then by that time you've totally lost me. Mm. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think what happens is we all have good intentions. We want to do the right thing. We want to take our marketing to the next level, but then we realize shit this is a lot of work and we kind of <laughs> just let it. And that's what happens. We're all human. You know, we want to do what's the best, but I mean, what's the best advice you have for somebody who gets into that trap? I think that my best advice for people so is to do what you're good at and hire what you're not good at. Just like if you own a restaurant and you're a great chef, you're not going to be the bartender. Mm-hmm. You're going to hire a bartender. Same with marketing. If you're not good at marketing and you don't have the time or energy to figure it out, you got to hire somebody to do it because it's not a matter of 
if you want to do it or not, you have to do it. If you don't do it, your business is going to close. I mean, sometimes, so, Bruce, sometimes we just don't have the money to do it though. So Yeah, but you know what? Like you said, you can hire an intern. You know, it doesn't have to be someone mm-hmm. that is a company that charges five thousand, two thousand dollars a month to do it. You could hire an intern for the summer or have your daughter do it. Or mm-hmm. have an employee or three or four of your employees tag team it up and say, Hey, you're responsible for it this day, you're responsible for it this day. Empower them mm-hmm. to help you grow your business. Awesome. And I'm I'm happy you went down that way. You took the bait, and I was hoping you would say just get creative. Creative. That's pretty much what you're saying is get creative. There's always a way to do it. And as soon as you shut your mind off and say, I can't afford to do that, or I don't have enough time to do that. And I'll be honest, I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes like I've been doing this with Snapchat, for example, like I like I'm so focused on finding people to be guests on the show, editing the shows. I say, oh, I don't have time. But, you know, we need to make time and just know that we're all we're all, you know, subject to, you know, getting a little behind the ball. But just get creative and find ways. You'll be surprised at what you can do. So awesome stuff. And don't try to do everything, you know, with Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Google Plus, LinkedIn, you email, you know, you, you get you can get easily overwhelmed. Pick pick two, one or two things that you think will work for your business, depending on who you who your audience is, and just go really deep into those. And then once you figure those out, and it may take you a year to really figure those out, then you can add another channel to your platform. Don't try to dive into all six of them or eight of them or however many there are all at once. Yeah. So so far we have uh Putting those options on your website to collect emails, like whether it's an opt-in form or a pop-up. Uh, and now we just mentioned uh, people, uh, they won't follow through. They'll get people to sign up and they won't send any emails. So what's the next uh, failure or challenge or where you see people going wrong with email marketing? Yeah, so number three mistake that I see people making is asking for too much in one email. Mm-hmm. And by this, I mean you send an email out and you're asking for three, four, five different things for them to do in that one particular email. What, what will happen when you do that? It's just people get overwhelmed, you know, just like we do with social media, Eric. You know, like Snapchat comes up, you're like, I'm already doing Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I don't have time to do Snapchat. So what do you do? You end up doing nothing. Mm. And that's what people do when they have too many options inside of email. If they see that there's, you know, we have really short attention spans as human beings. Um, Don't I know that? (laughs) So if you give me too many things to do, the easiest thing for me to do is nothing. Mm -hmm. But if you give me one thing to do, I'm going to check that out. So that's a huge mistake I see people making is asking for them to do three or four different things. Like me on Facebook, check out my specials. We're hiring on this page. You know, go to this page, like us on Instagram, go here. We're doing stuff on Snapchat all in one email. If you just say, hey, What's going on, guys? We're on Snapchat now. Check us out here. Short and sweet to the point. There's only one thing for them to do. Either they click the button or they don't. All right. So, so far we have asking for too much in one email. Uh, like we said, uh, people not doing anything once they get the, the subscribers and then not collecting enough emails. What's the next thing that you see people doing wrong? So number four is badly formatted emails. You know, I get, this all, I get this all the time. I get emails from people and uh, I don't know about you, Eric, but I read... I'd say 85 to 90% of the emails that I get, I read first on my phone. Yeah, or I just see who they're from and I delete them. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, But badly formatted emails is, I'll get an email from somebody and it'll be 14 sentences long on number 10 font with no spaces. And on my phone, I just can't read that. And if I can't read it easily, I'm not going to read it at all. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think a lot of people haven't caught on to this. They they write like they were taught to write in high school, which is in like, you know, four to five sentence paragraphs right and yep. the truth is like I, you can't scan that like you literally want to write in sentences two sentences max to get a thought out and then move on to the next paragraph and like you said what's the what's the significance of that 
I even go a step further and I write one sentences per, and then I skip a line and I'll write another sentence. There's no formatting when it comes to the proper way to write a paragraph in email form. You want to write it so it's a fifth grader can read it and understand it and know what to do. Yeah. And the whole idea is to get the thoughts out. The the big, I mean, you want people to know right away, just glancing with what you're trying to say. And when it, when it's in, when it's embedded within a paragraph, people usually just read the first sentence and the last sentence, and they might not pick up on what you got going on there. Um, plus, on a cell phone, it's way easier, like you said, to like be able to really see what people are trying to say with the, that that type of that type of readability and formatting. Yeah, it has to be scannable. People scan the email before they really read it, and if it's scannable and they can figure out what it's about, then they'll go back and read the whole thing if it, if it's relevant and they feel like they're going to get something out of it. All right, so readability, asking for too much, uh, not doing anything once people subscribe and then collecting, uh, not collecting email. So what is the other failure or fault you see people making? So my fifth mistake is sending boring emails. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when you start an email campaign, you know, it's easy to go to MailChimp or Constant Contact or AWeber, pick a pretty form, you know, that they have at the top that has all these different boxes that you can add photos and make it look exactly like everybody else's email. Mix it up a little bit. Just because you're a restaurant or uh, pizzeria doesn't mean that your email has to have exactly the same thing that every other pizzeria or restaurant email has. It could be all text. It doesn't have to be pictures. You know, tell a story in your email. You know, what funny happened this week and then dive into what you're going to give the customer. Yeah. And we're going to dive more into the formatting and uh, the, the type of topics you should be discussing in a little bit. We're going to also share some great resources. Mike Ganino has a, an awesome resource, which is 52 weeks of emails. So if you're not a creative person, if you're not good at coming up with ideas and uh, things to, to create chatter around something, if that's not you, then that's a great resource we'll share with you shortly. But I just wanted to add uh, three more things that I found uh, just this morning, doing some research, preparing for this interview, things that people don't do well. And that's not having a call to action in the email. Uh, Do you want to speak to that at all? Yeah, I think that goes back to the point of asking for one thing. You know, Mm -hmm. that one thing has to be your call to action. What is the point of you hitting send on that email? And you have to really drive that point home with a call to action, like Eric said. Yeah, and a call to action could be like, we haven't seen you in a while, please come back, we'll give you a buy one, get one, or something like that. That's the call to action. And uh, another uh, failure people have with their emails is not being visually stimulating, and this is a great time to kill two birds with one stone because you should make your call to action a button or something that's going to... People look at images and emails, right, Bruce? That's where their eye goes. So why is it so important to have that call to action a button? It doesn't even have to be a button, but it has to be a different color. If you're going to use a text like a click here to get this, make sure that you make that text a little bit bolder and a different color so that they know that that's where they're supposed to look. So when people skim an email, here's what they do. You go through your inbox and let me see if let me see if you do this, Eric. You go you go into your email inbox. You look at the headlines, right? If there's a subject line of an email that catches your eye, you're going to open it. Then you scan to see who it's from or who it's to. Then you scan the headline. Then you go down to the bottom, see who it's from. Then you look at the PS. And if all that kind of catches your eye, then you'll go back and then read the email. Mm -hmm. So you really want to have it formatted properly. Have that bold, what the call to action is, stick out, whether it be blue and bold or, you know, a button, like Eric said, there's so many things that you could do with that just to make that you know, highlighted so that way people know what to do. You know, and as far as visualizing, you know, making it visually stimulating too, you can make your whole email an image. You can go, I mean, there's so many tools out there today. And I mean, I make graphic design. I admit there, there still could be a lot better, but the fact that I'm putting out graphic designs, you, you should see me draw. Like if I can get a stick figure out, it's impressive. Like <laughs> there's tools like Canva, like PicMonkey, like 
I mean, I'm sure there's more that I can't think of right now. I, even like 99designs, if you want to outsource extremely affordably, 99designs is a great tool where you can uh, write a description of what you're looking for, send it out, and they'll you have all these designers that will com- compete for your business and put out – it will be a competition, and you pick what you want. I mean – yeah. These are all examples, and that's, I think, really affordable, like less than $100 you can get something done. And if this is a big event that you want to do right, 100 bucks if, if you're going to get a return on investment you know, in like the thousands with a big catering company or something, like it's worth you know, putting that time into. Um, Even a site like Fiverr is, is a cheaper site that you can use if yeah, you're not. Yeah, exactly, Fiverr. I'll have all these links in the show notes. I told you guys to get ready. There's going to be a bunch of things we're going to be talking about. But I mean, yeah. Canva is just a drag and drop. Uh, I love source. Canva. Yeah, that you, you can... They give you formats and everything. You just literally, you know, drop whatever image you want in the background and you just fill in the blanks and it's that easy and you're creating awesome images. So it's easier than you think. And they have formats. If you're trying to get an image for an email, they'll be like, are you trying to do an image for an email? And then you just select that format and it's like it, it, anybody can do it. So yeah. we're, we're going to move on. <laughs> we still have a lot of interview left. Sorry. Cool. Uh, so we talked about the things not to do. Uh, let's talk about what we should be doing. You should be emailing every week mm-hmm. and you should be segmenting your lists and you should be having a follow-up system for when people do opt into your list. Okay. So what do you mean by that? Dive a little bit into segmenting the list and follow. Like what are some examples of how we should segment our lists? So segmenting your list is you put your lists in, you put your, you know, your customers into different categories. You know, maybe there are customers who order frequently. Maybe there are customers who haven't ordered at all from you, or maybe there are customers who haven't ordered in a little while. The one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to send an email to your whole list saying, Hey, we haven't seen you in a little while. Uh, here's $3 off your order. Then you get an email back from someone says, Hey, I was just in there last week. What do you mean? You haven't seen me in a while. Okay. Got it. So segmenting your list is just separating your list into different categories. So that way you can communicate a certain message to that certain audience. Yeah. And uh, tell me if you agree with this, Bruce, this is something I stole again from uh, next restaurants. Uh, And this is what he says, the people who are doing it right. He looked at a a study and he says three out of five uh, or 60% of emails use content that mixes information, factors with various forms of discount vouchers or coupons. Would you say that's a good number, three out of every five? Uh, what was it again? So three out of five people use coupons and vouchers? So so three out of five emails include coupons and vouchers. So 60% of your email should include coupons or vouchers. And he goes on to say um, about 16% Wait, let, me, let me read this one time. Emails that were exclusively informational, meaning no coupons or vouchers, were about 16% of total emails. And then 24% was a combination of information and voucher. Would you say that's a good mix? I would say it depends on what you your offer is. You know, what what is what are you offering for people to, to sign up for? You know, mm-hmm. if it's just to, you know, some uh, I work with a lot of pizza owners who have a free pizza winner every week, right? So their email out to that list every week is there's no coupons. It just says, hey, go watch this video and see if you're the free pizza winner. Mm-hmm. So there's no coupon or offer in that email, but it goes out every single week. And I'll tell you what, that email gets more opens and click-through rate than any offer or coupon does. Yeah, I think the, the purpose of what he was saying here is that uh, it's good to have those calls to action. And I think what he's saying is at least 60% of your email should have calls to action. But at the same time, you don't want to come off as always trying to sell. Uh, really, at the end of the day, why people, how we gain people's trust is by what is in it for me? Like, where are the benefits for me? What, how are you helping me? And if you're right. constantly getting that call to action or that opportunity to, to try to buy, then people it's disingenuous. You know, like maybe sometimes you just want to write an email saying, hey, we had our best month ever. And we're just saying this. We want to shoot you an email to say, we know it's because of you. And we're so grateful for you. We, we wouldn't be where we are today without your patronage. And we just want you know, to thank you. And we're not going to like, you know, you, you don't have maybe a coupon to like say thank you. But even that's kind of a call to action. Um, yeah. But you know what I'm you saying? Know what? 
I do. I know exactly what you're saying. And I think you could totally solve that problem or even having to think about that problem by being super clear when someone signs up for your list, what they can expect to get from you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain email lists. There's a whole blog post, you know, I'll send you the link, Eric, of really good onboarding processes from companies like Buffer or Quicksprout who, you know, when you sign up for their email list, they send you an email back or they send you to a landing page and it says, hey, listen, thank you so much for signing up for our email list. This is exactly what you can expect to get from us. On Mondays, it's going to be this. On Thursdays, it's going to be this. Mm, awesome stuff. So I've been, the- I feel like I've been uh, steering a lot of this conversation uh, and I want you to kind of take an opportunity to think about what you think is relevant right now. Like, what do you think we should be talking about as far as some advice on how to uh, do email marketing right? Um, you know what? I think we talked about a lot of stuff. You know, you just have to really get going with it. Like my quote in the beginning, stop talking about being better at emails and actually start implementing it. Even if you're going to be a little bad in the beginning, that's fine. There's tons of resources out there to read or listen to, to learn about how to get better at it. And, you know, look outside of your industry. You don't have to look at what other restaurants or pizzerias are doing to copy what they're doing. Look at real estate agents, look at internet marketers, look at really big companies who are marketing companies and see how they're using email and how they're using, you know, you know, sign up for their email list to see what they're doing and, and kind of take what they're doing that resonates with you and then implement that into your business. I mean, aside from smart pizza marketing podcasts, are there any resources you want to share with us to go and learn how to do these things? Think places where you went to learn how to do it. Yeah, and, you know, Social Media Examiner is a great website and podcast. They have a podcast that comes out every Friday. Um, I listen to that religiously. And the website that they have, I think they have like one blog post that comes out a week all about, it's not all about email marketing, but it's all about social media and marketing in general. And that's a great resource for people to go check out and read and listen to to learn what's new in social media. I think they have a blab too every Friday morning yeah. that they do all the updates and what's going on. One resource I love is Amy Porterfield. I think she has great content as well. Are you familiar with her work? Yes, I listened to that podcast too. That's a great podcast. Another one I had, I had him on the show, the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I had him, uh, Rick Mulready, who's known as the, you know, he has a podcast called The Art of Paid Traffic. And it's all about uh, Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, you know, pay-per-click advertising, all that good stuff. Awesome. Uh, Any other resources you want to share? Um, I can't think of any right now. Um, You know, I I think we mentioned Buffer is a great one. Social Media Examiner is a great one. I use a tool called Feedly, which kind of, is a content curator. So you go on feedly.com, you can sign up. And what that tool does is gets you all the blogs that you want to subscribe to in one easily organized format. So instead of going to all the different blog posts themselves, you just go to your Feedly account and everything's kind of lined up and it'll tell you what the newest blog post was. So in regards to email marketing, how does that help you? Well, because you want to send out relevant information. So say you're a rest, a local restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. You can sign up for the local newspaper, other local businesses, blogs, and see what's happening around your community mm-hmm. to kind of share that content with your audience members to let them know that not only do you know how to run your business, but you know what's going on in the community and you're sharing that with them. So in other words, it takes a crap ton of time to go out to all the people <laughs> that follow you or, or the people that matter in your community to go to, to type in each and every one of their uh, URLs of to figure out what they're up to. Instead of doing that, you can channel all this content to one platform where you just open that one platform and you have a list of everything that came out that week that matters to you, your community. And then in your emails, you can be like, look what's going on in our community today. And uh, when you engage, when you make it about your community, about other people, people love to be recognized. People love, that's what, what make, it's like a, a human need to be recognized. And when you're recognizing what's going on in your community, you better believe that they're going to tie that good feeling that they got from you recognizing them for whatever reason. And it's going to come back to serve you somehow. I mean, it's just how people work. Um, but you can filter through all that, what's going on in your community with that tool feedly, then talk about it in your emails. Good stuff. Yeah. Share some stuff. You can even use it to share posts in your social media, like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, if, it, if it's relevant, you know, and let the community know what's going on around you. 
Awesome. Um, we, I, one of the things I wanted to do today, we, we talked about this during the pre-interview chat, was uh, our good buddy over Mike Nino over at uh, MikeNino.com. Great uh, motivational speaker, uh, just huge on culture, huge on marketing. He's your co-host for that blab you do every Monday at 8 o'clock. He has a resource that we mentioned earlier in the episode called uh, 52 Weeks of Content, uh, which is basically uh, 52 weeks of things you can send out in your email marketing. Were you able to pull that up? I yeah, it's MikeGanino.com Mike forward slash 52, the number five, two weeks. Or it's also Mike.tips slash 52. And I'll have all those links yeah. in the show notes again. Uh, what are some of the uh, you know examples that we can pull from that list of content that he created? You know, he, he comes up with this whole list of, you know, you can come up with seasonal, you know, every couple of months there's a holiday or a season that comes up and you can send out seasonal emails. Um, I really believe that you should send, you know, you know, the one thing that we didn't get into yet, and I don't know if you want to talk about this right now, is the follow-up process. Mm, yeah, let's 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 wrap up with that. Let's okay. first just if I mean we kind of want to talk more about the the type of content, but we can redirect you again. Head over to the show notes. This is restaurantstoppable.com slash two thirty six, and you'll find the links right there to kind of start taking action to start get those you know creative juices flowing. And uh, take it away, Bruce. What did you want to talk? All about? right. So he talks about you know there's seasonal things that you can you know if there's a dish that comes out every different season, you can use that as part of your email. Um, he also talks about interviewing staff members, whether it be in audio form or video form, and then sending that out as an email so that audi- your uh, your customers can get to know your business. Um, obviously, you can come up with the old specials, whatever you have going on that week and then we also talked about last night on the show interviewing other businesses in the community like reach out to the local bookstore or the hair salon and talk to that owner and say hey you know what let's do let's talk for five or ten minutes about your business about the community and then share that with your audience and then not only will they, you can share that with your audience but then they will share that with yours and that can kind of grow your brand that way yeah and again feedly would be a great tool to be able to find out where these opportunities lie to be able to tell these stories um is that what you wanted to, to talk about that we didn't talk about uh, we don't, but more I want to talk about is like the follow-up process. Yes, so follow-up process. Go for um, it. You know, when someone opts into your email, I always tell people who ask me that they should have, you know, five to seven emails automated after that opt-in process. So that way, when someone goes into your email, they don't do mistake number, you know, three or two is not sending an email right away. They, they don't hear from you right away. If you have that all automated with a five to seven email sequence that lasts 45 to 50 days, you don't have to worry about that until that sequence ends. Mm. No, give us an example. Um, you know, obviously the first one would be, Hey, thank you for signing up. Like what would you include? Give us like two of like the emails that you would, or three emails that you would send. Like give us an example. So the scenario would be someone goes to your website. They, you have some kind of offer. Let's say it's a free dish. Um, so they opt into your list. They immediately get a follow-up email saying, Hey, thank you for signing up for whatever offer. Here is that offer. Give it to them. And the next day, maybe a day or two from now, you'll be hearing from us again, telling us what you can expect in these emails. Mm-hmm. And then the second email will be laid out what days they're going to get the next emails and what they can be expecting. And then the third email starts that process, whether it be, Hey, you know what? We're on Facebook. Are we Facebook friends? Check us out on Facebook for, you know, daily updates. And then the, th- the fourth email can be another offer, but lay that out in the second email. So people know to go look for those emails and then start the conversation that way. Awesome stuff. And uh, one last thing I want to extract from you, Bruce, before I let you go, uh, what services do you recommend? What, email marketing like platforms are there out there and what do you recommend if you're just getting started the old aweber constant contact mailchimp are great because they're cheaper than the other ones and they're pretty simple to use so i always suggest people go that way the one mistake I, another mistake i see people making is they often use the 
the MailChimp one because it's the easiest to use, the free one. Mm -hmm. But the free version doesn't do that automated process. So they'll set up an account with MailChimp. They'll plug it in on their website, the the opt-in form, and then people will sign up and then they won't have that follow-up process. And that can happen easily with the free MailChimp account. And I know, I I get it. You know, resources are tough for people. They don't want to spend money on things that they don't feel like they need to spend money on. Um, but spending 10 or $20 a month for your email list to set up that automated process, I guarantee you will make that money back 10 times. So Bruce is talking about uh, the different things as a startup, and then there's growing business, and that's $150 per month. Is no, I don't right? even think you need to go that far. I think there's like a, a 10 or $20 a oh. month option. Oh, really? So you can hop on MailChimp and sign up for a free account, and as long as you have under 2,000 oh, okay. email addresses, it's free. Yep. Um, but what it doesn't do, all it will do is collect emails and you can send broadcast. But you're going to have to go in physically and do that every single time. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want a follow-up process, you have to pay money for that. What are you using? What platform do you use? I use AWeber. Why did you decide to go to, with AWeber over MailChimp? Um, you know what? I like the formatting of I – I do 90% text email. So I don't need – the pictures or the layouts in um, MailChimp is pretty good at having, you know, uh, newsletters, newsletter type emails. I don't use that. And I just use text and Aweber segments the list a little bit better and lets you use different tags. So if someone clicks this, they get this email. If someone clicks that, they get that email, which Aweber, I mean, MailChimp didn't do as well. Do you think that's something that would be a uh- appropriate for the restaurant or I mean with somebody like what you know what we're doing where we're having a lot of options putting out a lot of content and trying to redirect people in different directions primarily I mean I don't think a restaurant's doing that as much do you think MailChimp might be better fit for somebody who maybe wants to do more images and less of the text is my yeah I told yeah you don't need it as if you're a restaurant you don't need to use all those you know your email should be like we talked about one one thing to do on there not many different things all right cool so uh sounds like uh you're you're backing MailChimp for the restaurant owner and let me ask you why not fishbowl you know what? I've never heard of fishbowl to be honest with you really because it's funny because I feel like that's whenever you go to a restaurant association or trade show uh they you know fishbowl sponsors the national restaurant association most of the state level uh restaurant associations and all you see is fishbowl but as far as I know, I mean, I don't understand what they do that's so much better. Maybe I should find out. And if you guys know the answer to that, feel free to shoot me an email, eric at restaurantstoppable.com. Uh, but, I mean, what I use is Constant Contact. And I'll, I'll be honest, the reason why I started with Constant Contact is because when I did my research, I saw a lot of similarities between Constant Contact, AWeber, and MailChimp. And I'm from New Hampshire, and Constant Contact operates out of New Hampshire. So that's why I do. <laughs> so, a little biased? Well, I mean, I just like to support local economies. So no, that, I totally agree. I those are the three that I always suggest you use because they're the cheapest to get started on. And um, I think Constant Contact has a free version too or very cheap to start. Yeah. So cool. I think we covered it all, man. I think we did more than we needed to today. Are there any thoughts that you know, you're just kicking yourself in the ass right now? Like I wish I mentioned that, that you can lay on us before we, we wrap it up? <laughs> Not right now, but I'm sure I'll, once we hang up the call, I'll send you an email and say, dang, we didn't talk about that. Well, hey, you can always give me a call back. I'll hit the record button and we'll tap it on at the end. Yeah, but it was. <laughs> I had a blast. I love talking email marketing and uh, marketing and social media in general. So it's always fun to talk about that. Anybody wants to shoot me an email, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. You know, I love getting questions from anybody and I'll, I'm always on email on my phone. So don't send me 17 paragraphs in one thing. Make sure you do the formatting right. But I'll answer any question you have about marketing or social media. I love doing that. Yeah, I'll have the, the ways to contact Bruce in the show notes as well. Uh, great dude. I've been, uh, I've known you now for, I don't know, about eight months and uh, you, you are never ending uh, ability just to impress me with your knowledge, dude. Uh, great stuff. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Love the show too. Thank you so much for having me on again. No problem. And uh, before I let you go, I'm going to make you call somebody out. 
because you're a pizza dude. You know the, pe- the pizza people. So who do you think I should get on the show as a guest mentor, one of the pizza people you know? I think you should call out Tony Gimignani. Tony Gimignani. Is he the champion? Yep. ten time, I think he's like 10 or 11-time world pizza champion. Super nice guy. Really busy, though. Probably going to be hard to get. But if you have patience and keep hammering away at him, he will come on the show because he, I think he just I've, loves to give back to the community. I think I've reached out to him. Actually, I know I've reached out to him in the past. And uh, I uh, you're reminding me that I need to follow up on that. I know he was really busy when I reached out. And I think he said he's totally down. So thank you for that reminder. Tony, look out. I'm coming back after you, man. You're not going to get yeah. off that easy. You got to use a tool called Boomerang. You using that for Gmail? Uh, I've heard of it. I should probably implement it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Boomerang. You send an email. If they don't respond back and you can set a time like four or five days, it'll come back up to your email. So it reminds you. That's awesome. I usually just send a reminder in my, my Google calendar there. They'll yeah. alert me. All right. Good stuff, man. All will be all these tools that we're mentioning. will again, we'll be in the show notes. This is restaurantunstoppable.com slash two thirty six. You can just head right over there and uh, find those links. And Bruce, again, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Love the show. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So a couple of things before I let you go. I'm now offering free one-on-one 15-minute chats. If you want to get inspired, if you need to get just a little motivation, or if you have some questions about some of the things we talked about on the show, you can now chat with me for free 15 minutes. Head over to Restaurant Unstoppable to find the links. Don't forget that we have a complete list of all the books and resources our past guests have recommended. These are the books they read, the resources and tools they're using in their restaurant, the tools that are helping them be successful, a whole list archived right there at restaurantunstoppable.com. Don't forget to use my links if you really want to give back to the show. If you want to show your appreciation for all these episodes I'm putting out, the best way to support the show is to simply use my links when you discover something new that can help you in your restaurant. Thank you in advance. Also, keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. And I can't finish without reminding you to keep those emails coming. I love your emails. They fire me up. They keep me going. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me anything. I'm here for you. Just shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. All right, that's all we have for today. I hope you're enjoying this journey as much as I am. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time, peace out. 